Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. I didn't really have a particular talk title until Juju asked me what the talk title was. So I think I'll talk about uh, Paratantra. Paratantra is one of the three uh, natures. Paratantra, Parakalpada, and Paranishpana. Paratantra is dependent origination, basically. Different ways of talking about it. People talk about it in different ways, and I'll probably talk about it in a way that may be the same, maybe different. And the other two are Parakalpada is an imaginary nature, Parnishpana is a perfected nature. So the idea here basically is a Paratantra that looks like things are have their own separation or their own separateness, but fundamentally they're dependent on one another for their individual appearance as being, I'm here, you're over there. It's pretty obvious that everything is separate. This is why there's so much uh, blame going on and you know, accusations, warfare in the ultimate extreme, but even little warfare in ourselves about something arises and instead of seeing it it's in its true nature, which is not separate from anything, uh, we, it looks like an event that we need to uh, stop. Or, or something that shouldn't be there, or we add on some other kind of idea, opinion to that in order to get the feeling of controlling it. Why would we want to do that? Because we are protecting that aspect of the consciousness that is imaginary. The imaginary, there's some being who called me just because there's a body-mind complex here and consciousness arises in this area uh, in terms of uh, the production of thoughts, the reception of thoughts, the production of, of, uh, of anything. Anything you do is coming out of the mind stream that as it relates to dependent origination and you will dance with phenomena to the extent that you are free of hope and fear. If you're not free of hope and fear, then you're going to fight. If you're free of that, then there's a sense, uh, a natural sense uh, of of dancing or interacting in a, in a, in a uh, you could say, magnanimous way, um, sense of generosity about what is happening rather than some kind of greediness of wanting to control and stop things or keep something from happening. Uh, paranoia of the Yogacharans uh, break this down into eight consciousnesses. The first five are obviously, perhaps, the sense feels, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching and uh, hearing and so on, and then the thought process, and then, which is a sixth consciousness, or that aspect of the mind that just basically uh, provides us with some communication, cooperation, collaboration between all the sense fields. So it, it seems, the appearance is that there's one situation, which there is, there's one body. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a solid identity or being there. The seventh consciousness, which is what I was kind of getting at, is that part of the of the mind, the consciousness that is paranoid, <clears throat> as operating out of open fear, fear of the unknown, a kind of paranoia. Nothing is going, nothing is wrong. But what if something did go wrong? That kind of thing. What if it looks like what they're doing over there is uh, suspicious or doesn't make any sense. Uh, what are they up to? Like 
Tom Waits says in his song, what are they building in there? What is he building in there? Have you heard that song? Pretty good song by Tom Waits. Kind of a paranoia about the otherness that we can't quite completely see, so we add on our own uh, judgments, evaluations, and so on. Our paranoid mind functions in that way. So to take that a little further, if one sees dependent origination or paratantra, and one also sees uh, parakalpata or the imaginary nature, the part that if we see things arise, and then we, instead of just watching that which is arising and noticing whether we need to move towards it or with it or as it, uh, instead we, because of the fear, we tend to uh, try to name that or control that or have a judgment about it that we can operate out of out of what we see, what we project onto something rather than what it actually is. There may not be any threat there at all. Probably isn't. But we generate something, so we're not functioning with what is arising. It's just a parakalpa is just another form of dependent origination, just much more sneaky from the point of view of any kind of sanity that might be uh, we might be looking for some kind of basic equanimity. If one sees through the sitting practice of meditation, through uh, practicing the the with the support of the, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Then there, and studies the material together with the community and under uh, the, the, the support or guidance of the teaching person, under him or her or them or they or any other word you would like to come up with, then one may see what Tantra and what Parikapada actually is, and this is called uh, uh, Parinishpana, or the perfected, complete, as we actually see what this is, and it's not something else. The elseness, the otherness, it's empty of other, it's gone. It's not that it isn't over there, it's not that where we're going isn't over there, so that area still functions just fine, so it isn't like you end up in some kind of a magical realm that is totally different than the one you were in before you saw so clearly. It's just that what you were shutting down on was right in front of you. And if you see what is right in front of you, you see that it is uh, perfect. It needs no correction. And of course, anyone could come and say who's trying to use some kind of analysis or a some kind of logic that is based on uh, conclusions and based on being right or wrong. Well, you could say, well, that can't be. There are plenty of things that are really wrong. Plenty of things that are happening in the world that need to be stopped or need to be interfered with. So people don't do this or don't do that. You have to excuse me. I think uh, the way the back of my throat feels, I may be getting a cold. Right here on the spot. <clears throat> It was a day like all days, filled with those events that alter and illuminate our times. And you were getting a cold. <laughs> so um, it might be good if you ask me some questions. I'll do my best to respond. Sir. You will often say that we're looking right at it or what we're looking for, we're looking at it. I do. Does, does, is that the same thing as we're seeing it already? 
you're, you're, you're seeing, if you really saw what you're seeing, does that work? So is that proper grammar? You really saw what you're seeing? You really saw what you were seeing as it, as it actually is and not as it appears, then you would see it and you would, you would see that it's not separate than it is. It's like looking at yourself. So you really can't have any enemies because everything is, is an aspect of your own consciousness. Well, so it's a realization, not a series of thoughts leading up to that. Though sometimes people can take and have, there's all kinds of <clears throat> texts out there that where this is dealt with by um, uh, deconstructing the whole thing and back it up into a kind of logic that does seem to work. It's just that you can't do it without, you can talk about it with uh, thoughts and analysis and so on, but in order to see it, you have, you, have, you have to actually go beyond. Uh, you said um, if you see what it actually is, not how it appears. I'm wondering how the appearance of something obscures what it actually is. So how something appears uh, can, can be, it could be actually pure appearance. It's just purely that. But quite often, something appears to be something that we're, because it appears in a certain way that we're, we're projecting onto it what it is, rather than seeing what it is. So our ideas are, are propelled by hope and fear, propelled by uh, materialism, gaining idea, compelled, propelled by greed. We, we tend to, to protect ourselves, protect an imaginary self. I call it, we protect that area you don't want it interfered with. You want to live in that God realm, that jealous God realm, that human realm, that animal realm, that uh, hungry ghost realm, or even hell realm. We, we, we want to maintain that because it gives us, even though it might be difficult, it's giving us a feeling of security as an, a separate being who is worried about uh, dying. More. When does whatever appears when when is that pure appearance versus non-pure well a way, a way to a way to say it would be say it would be say a uh, conflicted appearance or disturbed appearance or 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 a uh, uh, cloudy appearance uh, or appearance based on on fear something appears and then the, the pure appearance is just what it is it's just that so how does that help those things? It's just that, well, I'm already looking at it. No, we think we're looking at just that because that actually protects us from seeing what it is. What it is from the point of view of the self-centeredness is frightening. We're looking at a mirror. A way of talking about more, please. Is the actual appearance, would it actually look different whether it's pure appearance or conflicted appearance? It, it, would, it would look the same except you would you would understand you perceive it uh, differently and the way in which you would perceive it is the object that you're perceiving and the subject that you are that is perceiving are no longer two different things this is why it's sometimes called a perception element very difficult to take concepts and flip them around different ways so that by contemplating that concept perception only subject and object 
the, the observer and the observed are not separate items. So they appear that way. They appear. What? Can there be pure appearance if there's still someone for which something is appearing? So that's the polarity of it, and that's that's the that's the, the difficulty is if there's something appearing, then someone can abandon that, or someone can join it, or someone can ignore it. Passion, aggression, ignorance. But if you see what something is, uh, all bets are off. So there's there's no otherness to it anymore. And and the, the amazing thing is once when you begin to see that, then it. Uh, it, it doesn't leave, but it, because you see it, you see it all, you continue to see it all the time. You see it everywhere. And it becomes ordinary because it's, it's always that way. How do we see that? Train your mind. Look at the, look at the garbage pit. Look, sit down, hold still, and look at the passion, aggression, and ignorance that arises in the mind stream without, without correcting it, without validating it. Correcting it might be aggression, validating it or explaining it or blaming someone else might be passion, or ignoring it or looking at something, something else, or chant a mantra. And I'm not against mantras, but mantras, unless they're, unless they're in some of the guidance of a teacher, a true teacher, a mantra can be used to just cover up things. There's something to it. could be a stylized form of ignorance. Not necessarily. It could be more. Seem to have a lot of trouble in this area. Yeah, well, what is your name? Pure appearance. Pure appearance. Why do you think you got that name? I don't know. Nor do I. Find out. I know what it is. Any of you, any of you have a, I've given a Dharma name to, that's not just something I, uh, pulled out of a, of a uh, what do you call it, hats. And put out of a hat. Sometimes it takes me a long time to name someone. Sometimes I have it before they even, before they even ask me for a if they ever do. I don't care if they do or not. That's their business, none of mine. I already have the name. How is something that looks like a garbage pit pure appearance? The garbage pit part of it is part of your uh, tension in your own mind stream, the pulling and pushing, the warfare in your own mind. It just looks like a battleground or a garbage pit or a mess. It's just, it, it looks like it needs a fixing. So the ego mind loves the self-centered aspect of the mind, wants to repair that, wants to get help, wants to get a particular kind of help. You know, a teacher, they even, depending on how strong that, that uh, devotion is to the ego, not to the teacher, devotion to the ego. They will. They might be there with the teacher, but they will. They won't. They won't receive the teachings, especially if they start to get it gets too hot around the edges. What? Am I doing that? Not that I can see. I would say to you personally. I would say all you have to do is continue. Don't stop. Meditate the rest of your life, or until such a point when the boundary between meditations. And uh, everyday life is no longer there. And you're sitting or not sitting, same thing. You know. And you won't need to check with me or anyone else. You may meditate, you may not. Some people may meditate whether they realize their true nature or not. There's no standard for any of that. Although, although 
lineages try to set up standards. Teachers try to set up standards. We have some here, but they're not particularly static. Use on. How is Parinishpana distinct from Paratantra? Uh, it's distinct from it as long as they're talking about concepts. They're pointing to something that has a, that kind of a distinction. But, but it's not, but fundamentally, it's, it's not separate from it. So if you see that Paratantra, you see Parinishpana or para, uh, Parakalpada, you see what it is. It is there's no separate things, no separate items anywhere. They just show up that way. They show up as consciousness only, perception only. You know, these the words go so far and they help a little bit, but they, they, they go far enough to create a, some kind of, a, of an interest in wanting to know more, wanting to see more deeply into this. And that's where the same practice of meditation, relationship to the teacher, relationship to the teaching, relationship to the Sangha is so important. So the, the, the Parnishpana or the perfected nature is the entire situation. All three, just that. Just like that. I was going to say just like something. It goes off on another tangent. So is Parnishpana a return to Paritantra after like deviating to Parikalpada? So, say more. I guess, as I understand you, Parikalpada is like an addition on Paritantra. And so I wonder if there's some quality of removing or stripping away to Parikalpada. I don't think it's a removing or stripping away. It's, it's actually seeing that it's, it's the same Parikalpada and Paritantra. Uh, they're just seen directly what they actually are instead of what they're describing. So they've broken up into the, the three three natures or three three own beings or three slabhavas or whatever fancy words you want to. It's just a way of taking consciousness and breaking it up into pieces. The Tantra is independently risen. So no particular personality there, but everything is independently risen. And then Parikalpada uh, is that part of the personality or the mind that, that starts to interpret and judge and evaluate and elevate something. So even in the midst of dependent origination, which has a has a, basically uh, even-handed all the way around, if you want to use that kind of metaphor, nothing gets any special attention. Everything is, uh, uh, as it says in the title of Sambhakai, uh, the equality of sameness and difference is it. Same things the same. It's different. That's equal. It's another way of talking about non-duality or advaita. Yeah. So, if the imagined nature is dependently arisen, why do we distinguish it as a concept? I think because that's that's the aspect of dependent origination that becomes personalized, has a particular fragrance and odor, has a particular walk, a particular stature, a particular 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 age, race, and you could go on and on to all of that. So we're able to personalize that. It, it doesn't, it, Paratantra is more like seeing that everything is a grain of sand. It just as one's an orange grain, one is a, has pinstripes around it, another one is a rainbow colored. So, but they're all grains of sand. 
It's just a huge desert of what? Sand. Or a desert. Or, yeah, or, 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 or what? So it's, it's a, the personalization part of it. There are different ways of talking about it. The Lanka, which you're studying now, I think, for the third or fourth time, talks about that. Also talks about the five dharmas. Talks about the eight consciousnesses. Is the perfected nature personalized? No, there's no personhood. There's no person. But that doesn't mean that the that one who realizes this can't can, they can function on any. Uh, they might not be able to do what you can do because of your skill, but they can function in any any place where they where it shows up. They can function as a dharma teacher. They can function as a uh, someone in a grocery store trying to find out where the uh, more remote balls are. You look for those. I haven't recently. Oh, silly, I know, but I mean, it's like that, the specificity tends to make it feel like there's someone doing something when there's, there's no, no personhood behind that, no matter how personally it feels. In fundamental situation, there's no person. At least not on the level of I'm going here, I'm going there, she's going over there. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Um, and all of the commentary about everything that's going on, you always have a commentary about everything. As soon as you see some, someone, you notice the commentary starts to show up. Now you may not believe it or support it or open your mouth, but some kind of commentary is happening all the time. Have you noticed? What can you do about that? What are you doing about it? Staying here. You're staying here in a monastery. I made the big mistake of becoming a monk. Did I make any promises to you? Here you are. Here we all are. What are we doing here? Yes. When you're bowing on the pure appearance, is that whatever arises unfettered? Bowing? No chains. Chains of the mind are gone. You were imaginary in the first place, as you was at first. There's no more. You're, this is why it's called liberation. Because those who are liberated fundamentally realize there never was a prison. It was all imaginary. It was all part of And dependent origination still comes and goes. There's still suffering. Just no one who suffers. That doesn't mean that the suffering for individuals isn't, isn't felt deeply. Sometimes it might be even more excruciating without the protection of an ego to constantly fill you up with hope and fear and excuse me, evaluation, who caused it and why this wouldn't be happening. If I just didn't eat this kind of food, I'd be this, or do that. I hadn't smoked so many Marlboros. I mean, it's, it's extensive in that sense. Sir? What is personalization if there isn't personhood? Which is dependent origination. So there's still, uh, if you realize your true nature, you, you may not appear that much different than anybody. You may not appear at all to yourself. You don't know anybody anymore. But you still will function with that personality because it was it was dependently risen from in the first place, not something you did. Something you are. That's why Trunk Rambache, one of the two two word talks that he gave is be genuine. What does that mean? My way of saying it is be the crap you're trying to get rid of. 
least for a little while. You have to you have to look at your own neurosis, your own craziness, your own demand for something, or no matter what it is, something arises, and really, really, rather than just receiving what arises, which is our tantra. Instead, we object or we agree, which is, can be just as uh, difficult from the point of view of going in circles of samsara, where we shut down. We, 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 the personhood that was just part of what we call personhood, but just was, was just part of the whole, of the whole uh, schema, instead becomes somebody in the midst of something that doesn't like, or somebody, something that wants more than this, or isn't happy with that, or is, no world is full of it. Uh, the way it really shows up intensely is competition. Not particularly against or for any of that. Competition that needs to be the best and be better than anybody else. Be the biggest, be the smartest, be the best golfer, be the best football player, be the, be the best uh, president, be the best, the best, the best. Once you have somebody doing that, then you have other people who resonate with that and they will follow you, you know, to the, uh, to the gates because they need uh, some kind of purpose. And, and if you're powerful enough to provide that, then they'll latch onto you. I'm not talking about a, a true teacher or a, a, a living Buddha. I'm talking about someone who's a charisma and power and self-centeredness is so intense that they gather others around because they, they feed off of that kind of self-centeredness, that's kind of, that kind of rudra, I think that's the word. Shisho, is that the word for that, rudra? Yes. What does rudra mean? Tishwaring, uh, rudra could mean multiple things. It could mean uh, sound as well. It could mean uh, 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 What is the rudra of ego? I don't know that Rudra of ego. <laughs> ah. uh, so I have to just forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll check. I mean, if I don't, there, like I said, there are multiple interpretations to Rudra, yeah. and I'll check Rudra of ego. I'll check and come back. Okay. I don't know what it means. Right? Yes. A question from Bobby Perez. He says, long time no see. I hope you're all well. Is it possible to clean out the storehouse consciousness? No. Well, there are images that talk about that being emptied and so on, but, uh, and I'm not saying that people who teach that way are, are, are wrong. I just, I just don't talk about it. I, I sometimes use another convention in that area in the, uh, Yogacara tradition, uh, I don't know the source of it exactly, but it, it, it turning around the basis of consciousness. So it's, it's like turning around at the basis. So uh, which way they turn around? Are they turn around to come out of the, of the uh, alia or going back into the alia? What's happening? So um, all, everything becomes unreal from the point of view of uh, relative separation or this is this and that's that, and these are separate things or separate items. But it seems necessary to watch what's moving in that area and how do you do that, sitting practice of meditation, um, talk to a, a teacher about it, study the Dharma, the points there that talks about uh, 
the storehouse consciousness, the allegory, you know. And there's, there's lots of interpretations. If you were going to Wikipedia or Google and Google that, you're going to get not only lots of different answers or responses, but ones that don't agree. Question from Tom McCauley. Yes. Does not accepting, not rejecting, and not ignoring whatever arises mean we should not accept the basic fact that something is arising? Or is it more about not accepting our interpretation of what arises? Take it a little further by saying it's, it's not, not not accepting it. That's another refutation that the ego is anxious to take a bite out of that because that's where it gets its nutrition. Anytime it can get a position of strength out of no separation, out of the equality of sameness and difference. Anytime it can get any credential out of anything, it's going to take it. So I would say uh, I, I follow what you're saying, but I, there's more to it than just making a statement. Is it just doing this or doing that? It's more than that. You, you, you don't, the very, the very three poisons that you brought up and, and, and the words you used, that's not about getting rid of those. It's not about getting rid of anger. Not, not about getting rid of anything. You don't have to get rid of anything. Be it transcendental pack wrap. Get rid of anything. It needs some other garbage. When you meet someone that's struggling with that very that very situation you've been working at, working with for thirty years. Any questions out in the Zoom, Bill? Terry Bowling. Oh. Bowling. Oh, go ahead, Kathy. Oh no, that's okay. You go ahead. Terry Bowling. Terry. Uh, you mentioned early about that we're the otherness that we're trying to see or that we can't see. Can you say more about that? What is the otherness that we that we can't see? Probably? What I'm saying is uh, things are. Uh, it's just a uh, it's a traditional statement, empty of other. So there, there's there, there any things that look like they're somewhere else or over there or somebody else or some other situation or the rest of the world. It's, it's empty of that. There is no other. It's another way of, of, of talking about or using words to point at uh, non-dual non or not two, saying there, there are not two things anywhere. It's an incredible illusion. And we live by it. We fight by it. We live by it. We die by it. And all saying, going on and on, we, it's difficult. And without, without transforming, some kind of a transforming using that same without a revolution at the basis. So there's no longer a person. This doesn't mean there's a body here waving their arms around or wanting uh, to find out where the hell the bathroom is at. Of course there is. You're still functioning as a living being. But, but this, this, the, the, the illusion that there's some solid entity here who needs to protect him or herself or needs to get ahead, needs to accomplish anything, anything, even the vow to be with all things is not an accomplishment. Even the vow to save all beings, not an accomplishment. Because you will find out that they're not separate from all beings. There are no, there are no others. It's an incredible illusion. Terry Moore? Terry Bowling, how, how do you work with that? 
what comes up for me when you say that is the perception only, but how do you, and I'm not sure if that fits into this, but how do you work with not seeing things as separate or that there is no other person and, and experiencing and being, you know, well, functioning you, human being? Okay, I'll slow down so I can respond. Okay. Okay. So you, you can't really work with it as an item, like you can't like practice that necessarily. But you can consider that as a, as a description of what uh, a bigger picture of what's of what is going on. So you just look at the way in which you impute or, or project onto others whatever is happening, uh, ideas, judgments, evaluations that keep that person separate from you. The fundamental situation is we're not separate. But we keep the separation. It's just too frightening to be in uh, the same room with somebody, maybe somebody who totally loves you. Now, it might be just as frightening as somebody who doesn't like you at all and wishes you'd move out of the neighborhood. So it's about awareness of that, not correcting anything. If there's anything to correct, we're right back on the mundane path of trying to fix things. And it's not that some things can't be fixed, of course. Some things. You have to repair some things, even psychological things. You may have to do some kind of repair work there from the point of view of helping somebody, sometimes even through medications. I'm not eliminating everything and say everybody should meditate. No, awareness, awareness. It's about awareness. If you train your awareness to see clearly, you'll know what to do. You won't necessarily need some kind of a roadmap. Kelly, you have still a question? Kelly Bowing. Can you say a little more about why the save is in save all beings? I'm having confusion. I'm really hung up around the save part of save all beings bowing. Well, so it's just a, it's a traditional way of getting the person, the individual, the, the practitioner, the, the lay practitioner or the fully ordained practitioner to put others before themselves. Just a, I vow to be with all things is another way of saying it. That's the way we say it here conventionally, but sometimes we say save all beings, put others before yourself. That's really hard to do, especially when some of those others are so uh, irritating or distasteful or full of hatred or full of, so full of confusion that they're destroying things for others. Very difficult. This doesn't mean go and hang out with them and buy into their stupid trip. But it just means do it do it from the point of view of your own understanding of your of yourself so be with all things the discovery at some point or points or maybe it's not even a point is that there are no others because and why aren't there any others because you're not separate from any of them so the otherness is gone this can be can be difficult because you meet a person who knows that and lives by that and lives out of their understanding uh your ego your ego can be threatened by that person, especially if you're coming to them as a uh, as a teacher. If you're coming to them as somebody at Walgreens that uh, is just selling them some toothpaste or something, then you're probably not, not going to notice anything. About them. So that that would just be a very conventional transaction. But the, the save all beings is a way that you and, and I would say to you or to anyone if you if you if you don't understand that then just contemplate it rather than have me or anyone explain think about think about all beings and how would you how do you fundamentally say for others it's like everyone is in danger 
because they don't know about dependent origination. They don't know about death comes without warning. Most people are totally unaware that they could die any second. You die. And, and this, to say this in a way that sometimes sounds negative, but is not meant that way, and I'm happy to re respond to any questions around it. If this practice is your preparation for death, meditation that is about making you feel better or making you feel more relaxed or more peaceful, or, those are valid too. And people should do those if they need to. But if you're listening to me, um, then this is what I'm saying. This is to help you transcend this world. You've been coming in and out of this world for since the beginning of time. Not just you, not just this person, but the dynamic of consciousness comes and goes. Sometimes it shows up as different personalities. But we've all been here many times before. Here we are again. Here we are, for some reason, listening to this person about this particular topic that started with the Buddha Dharma 2,500 years ago. It's come down through the Zen tradition of Japan, the Korean tradition, the Chinese tradition, the Tibetan tradition. And now here we are in the West after a hundred years or so of the Buddha's Dharma being showing up here a little over a hundred years ago. We are, this is starting to show up here in little places here and there. So further question about that, Kelly, if you have it. Kelly Bowling, I've heard you say things like, well, we need doctors, we need nurses, we to a degree need therapists, things like that. And yes. I get, I feel like, and I've said to you before, sometimes I feel like I have two selves and you've said you don't. <laughs> and um, it's, it's challenging for me with save all beings and be with all things to choose which way. Um, stop. stop right there. Don't have to choose anything. Uh, you're already doing it. You're, you're adding on. What you're adding on there is due to the insecurity you feel when you do that. So you, so just receive the insecurity. This is how you save all beings. Imagine how all beings are feeling. They feel very insecure and they're covering it up with warfare, with hatred, with violence, with finger pointing, with medications, with, uh, you know, Stroh's light, or maybe I should say some other beer. But they're, 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 they're covering it up but you're in the midst of it. You're actually feeling that just because you're being put on the spot by your own, uh, your own uh, existence as a, as a, as a human being, uh, and as a, and also as a, as a therapist. And so now, but there's no, there's no discrepancy. There's no, there's no issue with it at all. But the, the discomfort you're feeling is eating at the roots of what the ego, the ego is looking at things it needs to choose. You don't need to choose anything. And again, I would say, as I follow up quite often when I make a statement like that, don't believe anything I say. But consider it, reflect on it a little bit, and then if you have further questions, I'm happy to respond. So I, I would say, I know you, I don't know you very well, but I, I know you well enough to know that you're, uh, you're, you're sincere and you, you intend to help others. Since, since you were born, you've been thinking about that. So now you're able to do it not only in a relative way as a therapist, you're able to do it in a, as a spiritual path, if I may, may put it that way, if you continue. Thank you, Bowing. Thank you for the question. John, go ahead, John. Uh, Who else? Thank you. Uh, 
so would you would you uh, characterize what you've summarized about the three natures as a pretty traditional Shentong view? What do you mean by Shentong? Shentong as opposed to Rangtong. Shentong from the Tibetan perspective of uh, empty of other. Okay. Yeah, empty uh, of other. So it's just it's a way of presenting emptiness. And but I haven't heard you talk in these terms, so it's surprised me a little bit. Oh, what did you expect me to say? Well, I'm used to hearing you speak more in traditional kind of Zen categories, so to speak, and not so much more traditional uh, uh, Tibetan perspectives. Well, yeah, I was, I, this comes out of the Lankavatara Sutra, I think, unless I'm mistaken, I could be. Is that in the Lanka? No. Well, so, when I hear you use the Sanskrit words for the three natures, where that falls in for me in terms of, of, of what I've studied, most of which I've forgotten, uh, is, is a Shentong view. So that's where I'm just trying to. Yeah, empty of self, uh, empty of other. So empty of, empty of other, empty of other is, uh, is the, the way I, if I were going to use a concept, that's the one I would use rather than yeah. the ones that is used by basically the Galupa approach to it. Well, the Galupa approach is Rangtong. So that's the empty of self, but the Shentong view would be more of a Kagyu view, which is empty of other yeah. or mind only, which is another way to put it, I think. Uh, yeah. But like okay. you, I've I've also forgotten a whole lot, so I don't. I may yeah. be just full uh, shit here. I don't. Yeah, well, I'm. <laughs> I'm not sure either. I just the reason I'm asking you to define those is because uh, I don't remember what they mean either. I never liked using the Sanskrit words for the three natures. I really I, I like the way you've talked about it tonight, but it's uh, I'm feeling like I'm having to sort of uh, scramble a little bit with. I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways to present emptiness, and it's just an interesting way to do it. Well, I don't. I don't really know what I'm talking about. So I'm uh, when, I, when I say that I'm I'm not just joking around or trying to be foolish. I'm just saying that I don't. I don't talk. I don't even teach out of what I know. I don't really remember anything. Probably similar to what you're uh, dealing with. I've studied all this stuff. I've studied the Shang Tong, Rang Tong, and it's uh it's uh, eventually the, the what you see starts to show up stronger with more brilliance than the concepts that are pointing at it. It's like the finger pointing at the moon. Yeah. You, know, you can give that finger all you want and even describe it and have uh, all kinds of descriptions about the finger pointing at the moon. But if you look at the moon, the finger's gone. Yeah. You can't see both at the same time. And if you do, well, then you're probably in, a, in your next incarnation as a tulku. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very much with you on that. It, it very much gets in the way, um, all of those ideas of which I put in way too much study on. But maybe it was not irrelevant. Who knows? Anyway, we've, we've uh, clarified that. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, my friend. Chisho, <laughs> hey, uh, did you find out something about uh, Rudra? Yeah, like I was saying, it's got multiple meanings. I'll just reel them off. Okay. Uh, it's a name of a God. It's okay. a works that are associated with that God. It means crying or howling. It's a name of an instrument that is played even today. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a name of a plant or a creeper. So it's got multiple meanings. Mm -hmm. I, and funnily enough, it also stands for the letter E, but not in like ego, but E in Sanskrit. 
so I guess when you use it in the term of uh, Rudra of ego, perhaps you're using it as the cry of ego, the howling of ego. Yeah, I, and I don't know. All I know is that's something that uh, that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, who is uh, uh, my teacher, and also John Roadhouse's uh, teacher, also. Uh, I just remember that stuck in my in my mind when he referred to the Rudra, kind of the opposite of Buddhahood, the Rudra of ego, uh, one who is might even be in hell, a, a kind of hell, not the conventional burning kind, but some terrible place where there's howling. Uh, Tisha Bowing. Yeah, that could be. That's the reason I was guessing. It's probably the howling part of it. Uh, Rudra is the, the, yeah, wailing and howling. Yes. Thank you, sir. Any, any further questions? Uh, yes, uh, Jake. Jake Bowing. Um, when looking at the, the garbage pile and I encounter, what's that? I'm listening. I'm waving, waving at Abe. Abe has been pretty sick lately, so I'm just waving at him. But you can continue to talk about the garbage pile. I hear yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I see a I encounter a particularly sticky piece of trash over and over. It's the same one. Is there ever in Shikantaza or just when I'm driving or whatever, is there something you can do besides adding or subtracting to look more closely at it to understand it or yes yes there is you can watch as you're doing this uh, when you see something that is difficult watch what arises as difficult and then watch what arises out of your mind stream to protect you from it having a judgment about it or an agreement with it agreements are are just as uh big a, a, a shield around ego Always being very agreeable about everything protects that that soft center, what is called the ego, that is fundamentally unreal. But it sure doesn't feel unreal. It feels can feel terrifying. So I would say just by the way you describe it, you're you're probably already doing it, but you're you're looking for maybe some kind of credential about it, and then that's of course extra, and that takes away from the intent to actually see the truth, like rotating into a credential that says, "Am I doing this correctly?" So if you don't know if you're doing, if you're doing the way you describe this, uh, there's no way you can do this wrong. Unless you do it wrong, and in case, in case you do it wrong, and stop it. Stop doing it wrong. Keep it very simple, very direct. Just this. Just a lamp. Even the word lamp covers it up. Just a, a, a Peugeot. Just a, a, a Buick Saber. Just a palm tree. Just a bar of ivory soap. Just that. Just that. Augie, go ahead. Uh, Augie Bowing, uh, you referred earlier to the commentary that's uh, often going on in our heads and Trump Rinpoche writes about this compulsion to report back to headquarters. Is, yes. that, is that basically the voice, the voice of the ego? Yeah. And, you know, that's a reporting that's a, similar to what's uh, probably I don't know for sure, but probably what's happening to, to Jake is that as some kind of a of a we're doing it, we're working on it, we're looking at what shows up and then we're watching our opinion or a judgment of it, and then we're tracking that, and then we're trying to stop from doing that so we can see more clearly. And then we're somewhat reporting back to headquarters, which is a, a central head, which is ego, is to see, are, are we doing this right? Because even ego wants to attain enlightenment. Yeah, the ego, this is how we get on this path, is we want to attain enlightenment, don't we? Yeah. What do you think, guys? 
Lighten up. Yeah. So clean that. Oh, and there are people, if you spend much time on YouTube, there are people out there. I've met one person. <laughs> and I'm not going to say too much. I don't even say his name, but this person will guarantee you enlightenment. He says 98. He said, how many, people, how many of your students are enlightened? And I said, all of them. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, they're working on it, but they just don't know they're enlightened yet. And then he said, well, 98% of my students have attained enlightenment based on my technique. I can't remember the guy's name. I'm not going to repeat his name. He's still in Europe somewhere. And so I think that's fine if he wants to do that. It's just that uh, that, that is something uh, something that my teacher, Chungpa Rinpoche, uh, would probably call a charlatan, someone who is trying to build up themselves and, and so on. And the reason I can say that is he worked on me for a while to see if, see if I would affirm his enlightenment. Because I'm a Buddhist monk and apparently I listened to a few of my talks. So maybe I can get this guy to give me a thumbs up and I can say, he can say, uh, Soka's not approved. <laughs> not going to do that. Not, I'm not approving anyone. And not asking for saying. So, further, further question, Augie? Augie Bowing. One reason I ask is it's so often that commentary or voice takes the form of like a rehearsal going over and over again a conversation in the future with a bank or a lawyer or whoever yes uh, what what is that about bowing it's just about it's just about trying to maintain the central headquarters of ego trying to just trying to maintain that make sure that that's working even failure maintains ego because i'm the one who failed i could not get it together I tried and tried and tried and the odds were against me the constant comment, the constant, the scenario or the reiteration of what happened and what went wrong and kind of a, a low level, uh, you know, complaining about it. But and it's, it's to protect ourselves from uh, the unknown or protect ourselves from the perceived oblivion that is ahead of us called death. Body-mind complex is going down and our identity with this body is extremely strong. And like Dogen said in the 13th century, and I keep repeating this because it's just a, it's easy to remember. <laughs> it's not like Shantong and Rangtong and the three natures and all of that. Uh, but it's, it's like Dogen said, drop off body and mind. What an incredible teacher to see. That. And this shows up in other, in, in the Advaita teachings in India and the uh, non-dual teachings of the, the body being uh, grasped as somebody you're not your body you're not your mind what are you find out you believe what i said anyway so it's not important to believe it it's important to find that out so you don't need me as the trunk Rinpoche said in myth of freedom you need the teacher so you can leave the teacher you need the teacher you need the one who's a teacher at least that's how it looks over here i certainly needed both of my teachers and and all the other students that were around me at the time and and all of my how many wives have I had 15 wives all teachers and the present one is I had to have the first four to deserve <laughs> Momoda Momoda Oaini Saogol Saogolian So let's say we 
Jung's the only one that understands what we're saying. <laughs> so how is Abe doing? Is he doing better today? How are you doing, Abe? I'm doing good. I do a vaccine shot. What? Vaccine. He's oh, much better. Yeah, he's much better. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put him, we'll put uh, Abe on our on our morning uh, list uh, for when we pray for people's health. Any further questions, uh, Kevin? Who are all those people behind you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is a it's a green screen for the it's they're a, a, a random assemblage of redheaded weirdos from the Renaissance. I don't. <laughs> Well, perfect company for you. Shoto. Shoto Vang. Dogen's saying has been coming up a few times where he says to study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Yes. What is that forgetting the self? So in order to forget it, you have to study it. You're studying the self, studying the nature of ego. Just keep going, keep doing that. Eventually you forget that. In other words, the, the raft works, the bridge works. Once you cross the, the river Styx or the river of Samsara, you get to the other side, forget the raft. Forget the bridge that brought you there. Instead of hanging on to the bridge, making sure that, you know, it's like, like somebody that is so afraid of, of anything other than just the bridge or the concept. Or the Shantong Rangtong, or the three natures. Those are those are to help you transcend this world. And yet you don't leave it. You're still here. You still eat. You still live. You still have a, a headache, or you like I'm having a cold start in my throat, or something. I don't know what it was. Maybe all dragons feel like that. That seemed like a dragon to you. I'm not a dragon. Even though I'm in drag. <laughs> Can't slow me down. Go ahead. Sort of bowing. Um, it seems to bring up a, a distinction between how you talk about observing and how the ego wants to monitor things. Kind of yes. keep track of ourselves. Yes. Um, what is what is observing that's not keeping track of ourselves? It will fade. Observing, you won't you won't be observing uh, uh, your idea of yourself, your construct that you think you need to get rid of, so you'll be more enlightened. So right now we may think I'm not accusing you of anything. We may think we need to get rid of negative feelings, but that, this is the garbage pit that you have to look at. But just just observe that. Nothing lasts, and especially that which you don't push on. Aggression, you don't pull on. Passion, or you don't shut down on then it has its own dependent origination, it has its own um, time frame matrix, and it won't last. But if you do anything with it, it will continue to persist. This includes anything like depression, anger, anxiety, all of those things. Does this mean that, well, if you meditate, all those will go away? No. no there's no guarantee of anything. It's not. A, it's not. You do something this to get that. That's a. That's a. Um, 
that's more of a, a transactional kind of thing. It's not transactional. It's just, that's why it's the, it's important to just intend. And we don't we care about the result. Intend to cross that bridge. Intend to to get on that raft and cross. Well, did I avoid your question? Did I answer your question? I don't remember my question. That's quite common with you. So maybe when you don't remember your question, do you think that's what Dogen was pointing at? What do you think he's pointing? Do you think I know? If you think I know, why won't I tell you? I haven't earned it. Huh? I haven't earned it. <laughs> he said he hadn't earned it. Kind of semi-transactional there. Further question? Sir? Something. I think earlier, earlier you said that if we see this, we may not appear at all to ourselves. What does that mean? So you're, you'll appear, but the, 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 what appears is that you've seen it was unreal. So your ego is still showing up, but since you're, not, you're, no, longer, you're no longer trying to get rid of your ego, if you're no, no longer trying to improve, no, no, no longer trying to be somebody else, you actually are who you are. You actually are living your life, maybe for the first time in uh, millennia. Actually, you actually are this lifetime. You are the karma that is showing up as this personhood. It's unreal. If you see that, then, then you can be genuine. You can be who you are. You can have the emotions, the memories, the physicality. Whatever comes forward is, it's supposed to happen. And how do you know? Because it's happening. It's, it's, it's occurring. It's showing up in the mind stream and the life stream. But there's no personhood in there. There's no the personhood is there, but it's unreal. So therefore, you don't, you're no longer checking back to see if there's someone here. If, if you all, say if you orchestrated something and you all, you know, like on April, April Fool's Day, you all decided that Sokazan's going to be giving a Dharma talk on this day. Let's all walk out and see what Tokazan does. You know, let's get up and say, you know, I could talk to you. Haven't you guys had enough of this guy? This is just too much. We can't do this anymore, can we? No, let's all leave. So everybody gets out and then Sokazan's left here and then all the Zoom screens go blank. What do you think Sokazan's going to do? Huh? We'll take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Just a way of talking about it. It's, it's, it's actually extremely open and light. Even the things that are absolutely horrible that are happening in the world, we have to bring in some kind of, uh, some kind of oxygen to that for the, for the awakened mind, for, the, for any, any smidgen of awakening that's there, and not particularly go to war with all of the obstructions, all the garbage pit. So what we do is train our minds, sit down, face the wall, and watch the garbage come and go. But don't take the garbage as some kind of a, a credential that you get to go out and blame somebody else, punish somebody, or don't get to do that. Just be responsible. Receive. If it's showing up and it feels like crap, it probably is. Who better to take it than you, than other people who don't know what to do with it and just causes them to fight and pass that anger on to others by hurting others? You take it. Save all beings. Put, put others before yourself. You can do it. This doesn't mean everybody all at once. It means might be your, your partner. 
might mean your child. This doesn't mean letting your child run your life. We're talking about that. Unless it's Rumi, and Rumi gets to do whatever he wants, of course. <laughs> and probably Abe does too. <laughs> Further questions? We're, we've been here an hour, haven't we? Well, let's, let's all jump up and leave. <laughs> dedicate the merit. We'll dedicate the merit. Yes, we'll dedicate the merit. May the merit list penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions in the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Its buildings, gardens, and all adjoining areas for many and all dark were negative energy. Move and dissolve any negative energy or devices. Fill everything and everyone with light. Please shield and protect with light our teachers, monks, students, and all practitioners of the Dharma. Our families and friends from negative forces and energy from now on. Help us to realize the truth of the Buddha's teachings. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.